children of the sun. Second born, the strangers, men. Humans have been a mainstay throughout nearly the entire history of fantasy fiction, and Tolkien's works are no exception. Generally, they are cited as being the most common, most versatile, and most indomitable of the species, and of course the ones that we as readers can best relate to. Just like the videos on elves and dwarves, we will omit most specific names for the sake of this overview. Men, much like elves, were created by the supreme god, Eru Iluvatar. Other than the obvious physical differences, the most notable difference between men and elves is the so-called gift of men. The gift of men is more or less their mortality, meaning that unlike elves, they can die and depart from Arda. Whereas elves cannot escape the fate of Arda and are continually kept there, when men die they are freed from the bounds of the world and its troubles. Men are also free from the designs of the music of creation, and thus can craft their own fates. Men awoke on Arda years after the elves, and thus were referred to as the Secondborn, or Afterborn. They awoke in a land in the far east of Middle-earth, and it's said among elves that Morgoth went to them and put darkness in their hearts. Some fled this corruption, however, and went west across Middle-earth, while some that stayed in the east would serve Morgoth and later Sauron. Those that went west settled across Middle-earth and began mingling with elves and dwarves. They learned many things from the elves, and many adopted their language, but most notable was their assistance to the elves in the war against Morgoth. Many men were killed in these battles, but men eventually united under one banner and helped win the War of Wrath and defeat Morgoth. As their reward for helping in the war against Morgoth, these men were given a new land to settle for themselves, an island to the west of Middle-earth known as Numenor. In addition, they were also blessed with increased lifespans and knowledge. The Numenorians prospered for many years, becoming extremely skilled in crafting and the forging of weapons and armor. It is said that their weapons, armor, and horse riding skills were second only to the Valar. Their main specialty, however, was shipbuilding and sailing. Numenorians became great explorers, traveling across Arda except for the west, for the Valar had forbidden Numenorians from sailing west towards Valinor. They began meeting with the men of Middle-earth, teaching them what they knew, and had also continued to be friends with the elves. But of course, happiness and prosperity were not to last for long, and slowly the Numenorians began to resent the elves for their immortality. Even though they now lived on average for 350 years, the fear of death continued to creep into them, and they envied the elves. The Numenorians began to speak out against the ban of sailing west, and spoke of their resentment of the elves, abandoning their language. The arrival of Sauron as a captive and later a counselor only worsened this process, as he poisoned their minds with lies, and convinced them to worship Morgoth instead. Sacrifices were made in Morgoth's name, and things came to a head when Sauron convinced the king to sail west to become immortal. Breaking the ban the Valar had set, Eru himself intervened and sunk Numenor, killing nearly all Numenorians in the process. A small minority of Numenorians, known as the Faithful because they kept loyal to the Valar and the Elves, were spared the fate of their kinsmen. A group of nine ships were pushed eastward towards Middle-earth, and there they formed the two kingdoms of Arnor and Gondor. 
The former Numenorians, who became known as Dunedain, meaning men of the west, began interbreeding with the men of Middle-earth, which continued to dilute the blood of Numenor. After Sauron attacked Gondor, the Dunedain allied with elves and dwarves to defeat Sauron once again at the end of the Second Age. Afterwards, the kingdom of Arnor eventually became wrought with civil war, and split into various smaller states. The Dunedain of the North continued their legacy in the form of Rangers of the North, with their chieftain being able to trace his legacy back to the ancient kings of Numenor. The most notable of these is Aragorn II, who later reunited the kingdoms of Gondor and Arnor. Not all Numenorians who rebelled against the Valar were killed, however, as some had settled in Middle-earth prior to the downfall of Numenor. Many people in Middle-earth came to fear some of these Numenorians, who would take them as sacrifices to Morgoth. These men became known as Black Numenorians, and three of the Ringwraiths, and later the Mouth of Sauron, could be counted among these. Other groups of men include the Northmen, men who didn't fall under Morgoth or Sauron's sway, as well as men who didn't wish to go to Numenor. Many of these men became subjects of Gondor, and the towns of Dale and Lake Town were populated by Northmen. As mentioned, many of the men in the east, as well as the desert dwellers of the south, fought for Sauron throughout the War of the Ring. Hobbits can also be considered an offshoot of men, but they are outside the scope of this video. Men, of course, were instrumental during the War of the Ring, rallied by Aragorn, later known as King Alesser. King Alesser ruled both Gondor and Arnor, bringing both to prosperity and renewing cooperation between elves, men, and dwarves. If the prophecy of Mandos is to be believed, after Morgoth returns and is defeated forever, men will participate in the second song of creation, creating a new world to live in. Physically, men in Middle-earth have gone through a number of changes. Early men, especially Numenorians, were perhaps the closest in appearance to elves, although they lacked the same grace and connection to nature. Ordinary men lived an average lifespan for humans, whereas Numenorians had greatly increased lifespans, which began to diminish as their bloodline weakened. Aragorn, who was the 65th descendant of the first king of Numenor, died at 210 years old. Men ranged in height from an average of 7 feet for Numenorians to 3.5 feet for hobbits, and despite their mortality and relative fragility, men have been capable of incredible feats. Notably, Every single named dragon in Tolkien's works was slain by a man. Although humans are often deemed as uninteresting in the world of fantasy fiction, as they are generally the least fantasy element present, humans are included so often for a specific reason. As fantasy fiction is by definition fantastical in some way, we benefit from the inclusion of something to ground it in a relatable way. Amidst a world of elves, dragons, dwarves, and wizards, the presence of humanity in a recognizable form allows for us to identify with the world. Men are often the most versatile and most indomitable because we ourselves share those traits. And in a world of fantasy, perhaps that is the most fantastical thing of all. <laughs>